0: Whatever Wardens Day, welcome. <laughs> Hello. Oh it's um I'm gonna be careful I'm not gonna do my Viking um accent because it turns into a quasi accent. It goes it goes. <laughs> It goes German and then closer.
1: Oh, it's all good, bro. Yeah. I like it.
0: It's just very strange. It's a very strange sort of blur. <laughs> um, but, bro, how the heck are you? What the heck? This is oh, what the heckity heck.
1: Man. Doing well, bro. Doing well. Had a good two weeks camping in France. Man.
0: So let's um. Yeah. two age so- sojourners together. Let's salute Andre for his valiant um, single soloing podcast um we we together as the sojourners salute you
1: for your your
0: eight eight day solo run or whatever it was
1: so just just give it to me straight bro how how many listeners did we lose in that week (laughs) Uh, we lost all of them yeah it's good no oh but i've realized you know it's not just it's not just mom and dad listening to this
0: oh no. no 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 we've got uh uncle bob as well
1: Yeah, no, no. we definitely, there was at least one other family member who I was thinking of the other day who does listen to this. I was trying to remember who it was. It's not just mom and dad, though. Oh, Okay, really? Yeah, we've got one other family member. I actually
0: think mom ah, and dad don't listen to this, to be honest. I think they stopped listening. Yeah, I think they're bored out of their minds. (laughs) I think they just watch Netflix now. They're like, dude, this is so lame. Um, Cool. I love my son, but, you know, what the heck was he thinking?
1: what are they going on about? Yeah. Um, it's just like, I'm going to get back onto that Elevation Church podcast.
0: <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> um, I take, it,
1: I take it. I haven't had a chance to catch up on all the podcasts. So I take it. You've, you've been discussing all the Josh Harris stuff. Yeah, we did that. All yeah, the, yeah. 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 It's big, man. Sad one. That was a sad one.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know it wasn't that sad. I mean it's sad in the sense that a brother falls and whatnot but dude I don't know it's like I was never really a a major Josh Harris guy no
1: nah, but i was um I was a CJ Mahaney guy were you yeah I used to listen to his sermons all the time oh, loved really? it yeah I've been trying to I've been trying to find his sermons recently because I thought you know what i need I need a good old CJ. Mahaney sermon and I you can't find him bro wow he just dropped off They're the face like, of the earth. Yeah, I think he bowed out after yeah. well, all, hey, the, all the heat.
0: It's crazy, yeah. the like, uh, the empires that have fallen, right? The whole, yeah. um, you know, you just had things that you, when it was happening, you'd just be like, well, there's just no way that's going anyway, right? Like with Mars Hill yeah. or, or the Southern Grace. They seemed the immovable island. mountains. Right? Yeah. And uh, and then they just dissipate. It's crazy. Yeah, Although it just to be feels fair, funny. I thought,
1: Sorry, go for it. Yeah, go. Well, I just I thought uh, the only exception to that was Mark Driscoll. I, he was always like a match, balancing delicately on a <laughs> on a bunch of Tinder. Like it was always going to go down in flames. True. Well, we I know mean, you that. know
0: what what counteracted that for me was just that it, this the pure scale of the whole thing was you know just so well established. You sort of have this thought that. You know things like that. Just kind—it of, was like a Titanic. You know, it'll never sink. It'll never sink.
1: But I. I just... But I always remember his his thing with Mark Dever about mm. like how, you know, it was him and uh, <laughs> and McDonald, mm. um, versus Mark Dever on on uh, multi site. Yeah. And they were both like, come on, Deva, you're being so stupid, just go multi-site, you know, it's the way forward. And mm. he was trying to say, I don't know, it seems like it's all built around one dude, and that just doesn't seem right to yeah, me. And they yeah. were like, no, nonsense, it's the exact opposite. And then both of them both have just them. like collapsed, and their their whole movements have collapsed and around And them. again,
0: like big, big church, you know, like massive yeah. So, yeah, so there we go. We just mentioned three, four people. I mean, it's just insane. It really is. It's worrying. But at the the same time, it is what it is. It's just that's how it rolls. I mean, that's how we've rolled as the church. But it is uh, just amplified with mega churches and celebrity and that sort of thing. Um, You know, pastors flunking out of pastorates and churches going going weird uh, are not a new thing at all. But it's just that now it's so, so difficult with with all that spotlight media and attention and you know just twitter feeds and oh boy
1: crazy you and, almost you almost wonder if actually just churches shouldn't go beyond a certain size yeah like i'm i'm not anti church no. per se but like it just doesn't it seem like, from hard-learned experience it just mm. doesn't seem like actually it's good for people. It's not good for pastors, it's not good for churches. Too
0: much of a beast, you know? It's like you just can't yeah. how do you I mean, I'm just thinking of Chandler's scenarios. I mean, it was a ridiculous amount of people. So we heard uh him him talk about uh I mean, we're talking like like the equivalent of a town, you know, in New Zealand or, yeah. or a, a city even, yeah. you know, sometimes it would
1: be a large yeah, it would be a large village in the UK.
0: Yeah. Well, it's called the village church. <laughs>
1: It's like a village. It That's a village. why they
0: called it the village. They knew they we were going to be a village. Oh, dear, but uh, it's like fifteen thousand or something. I don't know, something crazy like that. 15, but they've tried 000. to decentralize, and um, and just hearing him talk about it, it's so funny because you know he, he, his sort of um, his staff meetings or his elder meetings are, are bigger yeah. than our, our whole church, you know. And so you just get a sense of the scale, and, and then also just you got to feel for him as well because you know, they are trying their best to get smaller. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, they are planting out. You couldn't plant out more quickly, you know. Yeah. You couldn't do it. They are just absolutely maximizing the planting process. Um, and they're even just, like, where there's campuses involved, they've said, okay, no, you just run solo. which setting you free, cutting you off, you know, uh, just mm-hmm. to try and get smaller. And, um, and and yeah, they're, they're kind of stuck in that sense. It's, it's a weird situation. But um, obviously, just being the Bible Belt, and you know Chandler being a great communicator, and just all those <clears throat> things, it would be it'd present a very very difficult situation. And uh, I mean, I'm not sure I'd want to even consider playing around with that. You know, I mean, can I also you imagine just don't want that kind of
1: fame? Whew. Like I just don't want that. I don't want that kind mm-hmm. of attention. Oh, dude, it would be horrible. It really would. It's like the sense of responsibility, oh, like oh, it would just be like I can't um, sleep at night just thinking about the hundred people in my church. Mm. Like, forget about, forget about fifteen thousand people. Well, like, and that, that, that is something
0: sleep. that would genuinely freak me out because you just don't even know who you're pastoring. You know, yeah, I don't even have any. It's not like, I, I mean, I get that sometimes you're gonna have to like not know everyone's name necessarily all the time, but it's you know just to to have no way of knowing. Uh, it feels like something, something's, something's wrong. Something's broken at that point. But I suppose that's where you come in with your, you know, elders, and you guys are going to share the load, and <laughs> you need a lot of elders, which he does have. So, Whoa. anyway, so that's that. But yeah, so, so we've uh, we've worked through that issue, and we've caught up there. Um,
1: Let me tell you some things I learned in France, bro. All
0: right, you were in France. I was going to ask. You know, where did you go to holiday? France. That's it.
1: France. So we were just we we're just outside Paris for a week. And then we're in Brittany for a week, um, and actually, as far as holidays go, from the UK's perspective, it's pretty good because mm-hmm. you just cross the channel, mm-hmm. go on a ferry, and then you're there. Okay. You could do it in a day. You know, mm-hmm. you could have a day trip to France. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's some things I learned. That mm-hmm. French wine really is brilliant. Like oh. it, it's it's fantastic, and mm-hmm. you can buy like good French wine mm-hmm. for like two or three euros a bottle. Like mm-hmm. it's just insane. Beautiful. Um. And the other thing I learned about France is that there is—you have to wear speedos into the in the swimming pool. Did you know that? Oh, you're not allowed to wear swimming shorts. Like it has to be a speedo. Favorite
0: part of France.
1: Do you know what? I was so stressed about that. Like I went on this, like full-on fasting, running routine. I was like, I got like a hippo in weight. I don't want people to shout harpooner as I'm jumping into the pool. You know, (laughs) like you know, it's just, uh, it was just gonna be embarrassing, man. So I bought like a back shaver. Shaved my back. Lost loads of weight. (laughs) I was just freaking out about this whole thing. So then, (laughs) so then I, I um. I, uh, anyway, I get there and I'm, I'm in, I, you know, i got my speed. I bought like the, the, like the biggest speedo you could find. Like this thing covered like as, as much, you know, surface area as possible. Yeah. Anyway, I, I'm in the pool, swimming around my speedo. I'm just about, you know, over the shame of it. And I realized I'm the only dude in the pool wearing a speedo. Really? Nobody else was. They changed so the, the first, Everyone's the first, like, no c- way,
0: man. I'm not doing that. The,
1: the first campsite we went to yeah i mean it was all filled with dutch people Uh, and they were just like (laughs) it was like like no we're not we're not doing it and the campsite was super the campsite was super chilled so they're just like whatever yeah but then the second campsite like you had to do it okay and and oh those dudes were owning it bro yeah they were strutting those hammocks around (laughs) no problem like anyway so that was the second thing i learned about france the Uh third thing i learned about france is that there are hardly any protestant churches anyway Yeah. Anywhere that we went. Like, <clears throat> I, I mean, I think there was, I saw one. The mm-hmm. entire time I was there, I saw one Protestant church.
0: Wow. Um,
1: I understand, though, because some, and I've been asking around, and I think there are some pretty cool things happening in France in terms of the evangelical scene, but mm-hmm. um, but it's slow, and there's still lots, lots going on. And it's weird, because in the UK, like, things are not great as far as percentage-wise of... Yeah. How many evangelicals there are to the general it's like 3%, you know. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um so it's not brilliant. But when you go across the channel and you go to France and you realize man it's a lot worse there. Yeah. Like it and there's little things like like okay so even in areas of the UK where there are no evangelical churches you still have dodgy anglican churches. Mm. Okay. But and the thing about dodgy anglican churches is generally speaking, you will still find a Book of Common Prayer and a hymn book, right? Mm-hmm. And the Book of Common Prayer and the hymn book will give you sound doctrine. Hmm. Yeah. Like you yeah. can pick it up, you can read it, or if there's just liturgy going on in the service, you could you could glean something of the gospel, right? Yeah. But instead of like dodgy Anglican churches, what France has is Catholic churches. Oh,
0: yeah. Course, yeah. And
1: so, like, you can't pick up your book of common prayer there, you know. You, you, it's first of all, it's all written in French, which Mm -hmm. is just, you know, I don't know why they'd write everything in foreign. But the, the, and then there's the whole thing about, um, like you pick up a prayer book. Like I, we actually bought, um, my brother-in-law and I uh, bought this book of prayers that goes back to some like Catholic, Catholic priest or something, right? And it's like collection of his prayers and they're all like Ignatius, beautiful
0: Ignatius beautiful Loyola. prayers
1: until you get to the fact where you realize he's not praying to god no. he's praying to mary yeah. and you're just like oh man it's oh, bruising i know totally totally
0: yeah it's kind of like the the roman catholic catechism you know their official mm-hmm. have you ever <laughs> read that thing
1: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I actually I mean, well, not not cover to cover, mm-hmm. but I've I've got one on my desk.
0: There's some amazing, amazing bits. I mean, truly, just um, you know, impressive. Uh, just warm, devotional, you know, it's theologically mm-hmm, astute, mm-hmm. you know. And then it just goes whoa, right off the rails. Like not even, not even close. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. too much of a too much of a divergence going on there. I mean, you'd just be mad by the time you got through it. So you have to put it down. But yeah, I mean, it's. Um, yeah, it's difficult when you've got you've got that is a unique thing. I, I've forgotten about that. Like you've got the well, I suppose we have Roman Catholicism as well, and it's actually quite prominent in New Zealand. But when you when you're talking Roman Catholic established church like that, and um, mixed with just a mm-hmm. landslide of liberalism on the other end from the Protestant side and the zero evangelical influence, I mean that does present you with some some interesting landscape, you know? I, I mean, I wonder, yeah. not even Pentecostal anything there, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean,
1: wow. um I, I, think, I think there probably will be, like, in Paris and in other right. big cities, mm-hmm. you'll probably find, like, a, a big international church or something like that. But yeah. the reality is, like, in London, okay, you, you've just got an enormous amount in – in any particular area mm-hmm. and enormous amounts of very active evangelical Anglican churches, mm-hmm. um, mainly, and mm-hmm. also one or two evangelical independent churches. And so, mm. but I'm not, I'm not sure that you'd get anywhere near that. in, yeah. in you know, even in, in Paris. Well, but when I was um, in
0: um, Berlin two years ago, when I came to visit you, um, mm-hmm. we spent a little time with the X29 guys there in, in Europe. And, uh, and yeah, you were, you know their their conversations were indicating the same thing, you know. But I mean, yeah. I think probably it sounded like Acts twenty nine was taking the most ground out of any evangelical scene there. Um, in that you had some very very good churches. We actually went to one on Sunday. Put on a little the guy preached in in German, and uh, you know we wore the little headset. Very organized, you kind of wear the, right. the headset, and it's it's some guy translating while he's preaching. That? Yeah, so you actually just listen to the trans the 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 English one while he's sort of. Preaching, you don't have a translator up front. so that was really awesome. I mean, it's still a bit of a hindrance, but it was just very well run. Everything you'd expect from an Acts Twenty Nine church in that sense, and um, and just good, good, solid gospel. In fact, it was actually now that I'm thinking about it, the sermon was amazing. Uh, one, of the, it took me by surprise. It was just deep, rich biblical theology. So I'm just thinking, wow, you know, that is that's a great church, you know, and I would go there mm-hmm, in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's that's obviously I've just after hearing those conversations, just uh, found a diamond, you know, in 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 this uh, complete rough um, greater European area. I mean, and so, mm-hmm, uh, you mm-hmm. know But it just gave you a thought. I mean, we need lots of those. I mean, how awesome would it be if if they are able to just get some some um, momentum there? And just hearing them talk, I mean, it sounded so much like our struggles in New Zealand. You know, you've got mm-hmm. exactly the same sort of thing. Yeah, but just uh, those are the best parts to labour sometimes because, you know, I mean, it just would be so rewarding if you're able to plant mm-hmm. a whole bunch of churches where there weren't any of those sorts of churches. I mean, you you feel like you're doing a solid, real missionary gospel work, you know. At that point, there was just barren land, and then all of a sudden, you've you've got like something actually preaching the gospel and a, a community mm-hmm. of faith that's that's just healthy and vibrant. So. Yeah, I mean, look, if anyone's listening to this, we actually do have a few listeners in Europe, so who knows, man? Just plug in with your, find a good find a Yeah, good it's worth getting
1: in touch with, I mean, yeah. I, I know there is stuff going on. I know there's good stuff going on. And actually, there's quite a lot of good stuff going on. It's just that actually, you know, it's it's a drop in the bucket. Yeah, you know? it's just,
0: exactly, yeah.
1: But, um, <clears throat> yeah, but it's just, just, yeah, you just take for granted, like how easy it is. Mm. to find a a decent church in the UK. Yeah, Um, yeah, totally. But it also got me thinking about, like, global missions, Mm -hmm. you know, um, (laughs) because our church supports six mission organizations or mission partners from various organizations that work in different parts of the world. So we've got guys who work in sort of, um, uh, you know, all over – Europe we we support we support guys who work in uh, South America. Hmm. Um, we support guys who uh, I'm just trying to think now. yeah, very various places around the world. Mm-hmm. And it just made me wonder though, because like actually the evangelical population in South America is booming, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I believe so yeah it, it's isn't the whole... it meant
1: to be like some sort of revival in chile or something uh, yeah something like that was it chile <clears throat> I,
0: I just know like the southern hemisphere and third world is where it's at <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> you yeah know, yeah. it's it's just um the whole thing is inverted on itself in that sense um, so
1: uh, yeah and it just got me thinking you know we tend to when we typically think of missionary endeavors it's mm-hmm. like south america mm-hmm. it's africa and you, you no, just, that's well, not how it
0: works anymore yeah totally no. you've either got your ten forty window um you know which is truly yeah. just get out get out there and and um and and just get ready to die you know preach christ and expect the lions kind of thing um and you know that's amen you know but it's just often logistically not not possible to get in and that's why there's a bit of a, of a you know a closed door there for a lot of people who do want to uh, plant churches in those kinds of hard places but um then, uh, on the other hand, you, yeah, I think you do have your first world post-modern, post-Christian sort of mission ground that is now mm-hmm. truly what the old, uh, you know, foreign mission used to look like. I mean, that's that's we've, we've just done a full circle in that sense. And if, the, the problem is that I'm just, and this frustrates me sometimes, and we haven't yet come to a solution yet, whereas before, well, actually, now that I think about it, it's probably the same problem that existed, but it's just in a weirdly different way, in that you know, when you needed to, let's go back to the father of modern missions, William Carey sort of thing. Mm-hmm. When you wanted to send out a church planter from the West to the East, you know, uh, if you wanted to send someone to India or China or whatever it was, you had the language barrier. So you could overcome that by someone who was really gifted in languages and they could just, you know, get tucked in and start learning the languages. And, and then the cultural, cultural piece, they could go and just become... Uh, it would take a while. It would take that. That would be the impediment there. That would be the problem. But you could get over it. The um, the, the equivalent issue now, and I've seen this whenever you see someone from a, a third world, southern hemisphere, let's say setting. It's probably not the best way to describe that kind of category, but but uh, someone from from what used to be regarded as the mission field come over to a first world setting. Um, in a post-Christian, post-modern setting, it's not that they just have a language barrier. Sometimes that exists, and they would have to overcome that. But there is a mentality barrier that I, I've just seen them it keeps them from being effective ministers in in the setting. So if you think about Tim Keller, for example, mm-hmm. um, you know, and his his ability to to reach a very sort of uh, uh, really, the heartbeat of what we're talking about here in in Manhattan. I mean, you know, you've got you've got something very nuanced, something very aware of where people are, are at. Someone someone who's more aware of 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 people's uh, presuppositions than they are themselves. You have almost like a Francis Schaefer on steroids kind of thing mm-hmm. going on, and um, you know, and that's going to shape his preaching. And he does it does it. It all happens very effectively, very well it's just not, it's not going to work to come in with the eternal burn sign, you know, because not because that's, a, you know, impossible or, or anything for God, but it's just that it's, that's exactly what's gone wrong in the past. That's exactly where we've been inoculated. And so it's yeah. it's just like, it's not taking that uh, thing into consideration. And so it's very, very difficult to get someone out of a the mindset of a, um, let's say a, a third world country where things are doing really well in terms of Christianity and uh, mm-hmm. get them to come and minister um, long term in a situation that's deeply structurally different. you know mm-hmm. it, it works mm-hmm. well to have them out over as a guest preacher and just bombard everyone you know and just wow, that was a that was a you know like drinking from the fire hose kind of vibe um, and it, it's refreshing in that sense. But uh, long term, they, they tend to not—they're confused as to what's going on, and it's too much to ask yeah. of anyone. I mean, well, you know, I suppose it's not impossible, but they'd have to really just—it's more than a simple enculturation process. It's—it's it's almost like they'd have to go deep meta-narrative of the Western world to get a, a grip on what's happening there. And so, all to to bring me to the point of saying that I do think there's a dynamic change in terms of the way that we'd go about reaching um first world sort of post-modern post-Christian areas. Um and you are looking truly at someone who is a um indigenous cultural inhabitant of that that mm-hmm. sort of uh that 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 understanding and that, that who imbibes that whole idea. They're, they're able to navigate that culture well. And and you know tim keller being a good example there but but more more you got tons more examples of that going well the danger there of course is that they don't have the fresh perspective that sometimes is needed but you know of the two options i think it is the better way to go we've always played around with indigenous missionaries you know mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but i've always felt that as much as you want indigenous missionaries in places like india and whatnot it's just the way it has been in that, you know, the Western churches have had money, they've had the better education, they've, they're able to give a lot, you know. And, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and so that it, it made sense to send foreign missionaries and to have people establish themselves there and, and continually pour themselves out for, for, uh, for churches in, you know, Africa, India and whatnot. Uh, but it just doesn't quite work the same way yet, uh, turning that ship around. So that, that's kind of what I process quite often on this on this issue all to say again like i I think i think it is right if someone is thinking you know if they're from europe and they're thinking about planning in europe they should do that um Mm -hmm. rather than Mm -hmm. go to africa you know um that would definitely be my advice Uh, obviously the exception here and there and um and you get people that that's um that are just singularly gifted at changing it cross-cultural, you know? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But where that's not the yeah, case... Yeah, it's still a thing.
1: It's still a calling. It's still right yeah. for, pe- for people to think about, you know, whether they're European or not, to think about maybe because, I'm being called across and cultures. And also, you know,
0: but, the reality is we've still got the money as Western churches. We've still yeah. got the educational advantage. So just, you know, and what I mean by I'm not not thinking in, in terms of a snobbery thing or, I mean, I'm not one of the guys, you know, that, that I'm thinking of here in terms of having that. But you get a guy who's who's just had a a really impeccable education, let's say he's gone up from the States, done all the Westminsters, there he is, got his PhD or whatever. Mm -hmm. Now that guy is typically going to be sent from a church with a lot of money. Um, or at least, even though they might be not be thinking about it as a lot of money, it is a lot of money for everyone else. And, yeah. and so there they go. They're able to almost become, become like one-man Bible schools, you know, um, mm-hmm. with, with just their, their average. And that, that Bible school will have a massive impact because it will bring hundreds of people into an educational sort of caliber that they would never even consider having gone into uh, if, if that guy doesn't go. And uh, that will affect in a positive way um, their pulpit ministries and church plants that come from that. Um, so you have a massive splash, even even if the guy's a bit of a douche and, and he's a bit of a you know a spiritual nugget, he still has a big a big uh, a, a splash because of the way the dynamic is set up at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just a really weird situation in that sense, um, and so it's un, unequally sort of weighted, you know. But then of course when we come to things of a spiritual nature
1: no we just don't even know how to talk to jesus bro yeah no that's that's not wrong Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's it's saying that actually we have a lot to give from the west to or from the first world to the majority world from west to east or whatever it's not the same as saying we have nothing to learn
0: yes exactly
1: it's just saying it's just saying that look we have had The circumstances, the wealth, the prosperity, the peace has enabled us to develop theologically and um, to, yeah, print loads of books and resources and lectures and all that kind of thing, which they just haven't had the opportunity to do because they've been so heavily persecuted or don't have the money, you know, they don't have the prosperity or yeah, it's been so, yeah. for
0: survival. It, it's, it's, I mean, a, they yeah. would
1: do. Like, if the situation was reversed and in <laughs> India it had been peace and prosperity for the last, mm. you know, 500 years, mm-hmm. they would have, mm-hmm. you know, done the same as what we've done.
0: Right. But, and, and it might still go there, you know, but it's going to take a long time because you need well, there's the all this narrative like, to nationalistic
1: change. uprising all over the world, you right. know, where India wants to kick out everyone who's not Hindu and, mm. and uh, Burma wants to kick out everyone who's not. Um, what's the other thing? Buddhist. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, it's just it doesn't look good at mm. the moment.
0: No, that's true. But even if it did, you'd have like, you'd have you'd have to wait. Um, it's almost like you have to wait for Rome to fall, you know, and for the next thing to happen. That's how that's that's the structural depth of the change mm-hmm. needed to to actually, you know, create that dynamic shift, uh, which is not a quick thing. So, yeah, we got to, but all all to say, I mean, like why it's helpful to think about, I think, and be aware of this. It's just, it keeps us from making stupid moves in missions, you know? Yeah. Uh, You got to be strategic. You got to think this stuff through. You got to, if you got some resources, you want to know what to do with it. You don't want to just funnel it into some really um, uh, silly sort of place and for no good end. Um, one thing I really appreciate about Acts 29 is the way that they get this. I really, you know, it's, uh, I love mm-hmm, it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, they, just just you, common sense. Oh, it's
0: common sense mixed with just this really thoughtful missional strategy, understanding the sovereignty of God. So, I, I, you know, I love giving money there, you know, because you just know every cent is going to be used in a very shrewd way and very careful, and it's it's showing fruit. Now, again, I'm part of Acts 29, so I'm just beating the drum there, but, you know, I, I realize that there are, there are other... Uh, missional networks like that and um, uh, just old school mission boards like that. But even just at a local church level, I mean, you we were talking earlier about just big church versus small church. A- at the end of the day, um, you know, one way or another, we all got to be thinking in terms of missions and uh, what we can do with our slice of the pie, so to speak. And, um, mm-hmm, and w- mm-hmm. where we need to um, funnel our resources and where we need to be just giving our lives essentially. And I think this is helpful. I mean, you know, it, it it removes, like, you know, it'll keep the guy who's thinking... Like, I, I say this all the time in New Zealand. You know, people are going, I want to be a missionary. I'm going to go to Japan or something, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's sweet, that's good. But do you realize that there are so many people in New Zealand right now mm-hmm. that do not have churches to go to, even if they wanted to? Just, they just they wouldn't be able to get to a church. There's just no... You know, it's a two-hour drive to the nearest three-hour drive you just, they can't sustain that we need to plant churches <clears throat> and moreover you need to plant churches coming back to the small thing that are going to be small forever and that are going to yeah. be small and have to be supported by other churches forever and that means you're always going to be a broke pastor so that's not mm-hmm. that's not getting your you know life threatened by a persecution but man it's a tough calling and mm-hmm. and you know to be honest people don't want to do it but yet I'm convinced that the people that are going to be best suited for that role are people from a first world setting, you know, Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. people from New Zealand would do just well. So, uh, you know, people from Africa, people from uh, Europe, perhaps even, uh, well, not Europe, but people from, I don't know, uh, Brazil wouldn't do as well in New Zealand, I don't think, because they'd have to... There's so much nuance in terms of that uh, progressive understanding of where QBs are at that, that, that yeah, they, would, they would struggle to get. Yeah.
1: yeah, no, that's real. Yeah, definitely.
0: So, we got some thoughts on big, small, narrow, wide, mm-hmm. mission, global, local, local.
1: Yeah, we've done it, done it all.
0: Circumference, the whole globe, covered it in one podcast. <laughs> I think I think we should be proud of ourselves.
1: I think we've done well I think we've done well I think we've done well I don't think I, I feel like we've asked a lot of good questions
0: I feel like we've given a lot Not of good answers nah. I mean I I was, like I was, the problem I was doing most of the talking so <laughs> well,
1: you always do it's alright it's okay
0: I mean I've got the answers so yeah
1: exactly that you're, you're the one doing a PhD oh come on
0: Whew. on that note better stop talking and get now. back to the box what's that
1: you have a dog now oh right such a cool dog surely all the all who was the missionary he had the dog who protected him from cannibals which one was that was that john patton um yeah <laughs> it was one i think it was john patton yeah a little scottish terrier and mm. it used to used to warn him when the cannibals were coming when the they were coming to eat him brilliant and then he'd escape saved his life like loads of times
0: that's so cool except that's something our dog would never be able to do just think more in terms of like battery operated pillow (laughs) yeah you know he's cuddly doesn't bite but yeah that's about it (laughs) that's it yeah not a god dog no no all right man before before this conversation just goes down the hill i'll say goodbye thanks for joining us again appreciate you being back bro Mm -hmm. it's good to be back Cool. Take it easy, y'all, and uh, stay tuned for the rest of the pod week.